This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. You have your shirt on, though, right? Something 50-50. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. He struck him out with a changeup. Tenth strikeout on a cave-in, and we go to the ninth fastball theater until he went into the right lane and put on the hazards. What? What does that know. mean? Can you, can you play that again? You play that? It off, I know he's playing it off his computer in there, Jonathan. But what? what, what? That's the uh, that was the Chicago White Sox TV call of Jake Cave getting struck out for. So this is the dude who that was Jason Benetti. Yeah. Oh. Okay. All right, here we go. All right. Maybe. Here we go. He struck him out with a changeup. Tenth strikeout on a cave-in, and we go to the ninth fastball theater until he went into the right lane and put on the hazards. <laughs> wow. I, I legitimately I don't get it. I'm no, it, it was, was a changeup. who got struck he slowed out. slowed down. So the first, the first pun was the cave-in. Because Jay Cave struck out. Okay. Jonathan just right. pointed that out. Went, that went over my head. And then it, he went from fastball to changeup. So he was going straight fastball until he moved over to the right lane and turned up. So he slowed down, moved over to the right lane, and turned on. <laughs> Actually, that, turned that's down a the winding road. Actually, <laughs> punt. Not to be, in the wound of the twins losing two of three. Not now to be, that you've had to explain, you want to listen to it again? All right. What the hell? What, what, one more time. <laughs> See if it makes sense to you now. God. He struck him out with a changeup. Tenth strikeout on a cave-in, and we go to the ninth fastball theater until he went into the right lane and put on the hazard. <laughs> what? You yeah, shouldn't have to have to explain it work. three times, though. How that's many? What percentage of the audience really got that the first time? Here's around. what. Here's what they need to hear. Because Jake, came, that's all very cute, but Jake Cave. Needs to tonight drive to the airport. There's a flight, I think, five thirty or so to Rochester. Get on the plane and go back to AAA, and then we'll all be much happier. Okay, Byron Buxton needs to come back, play center field. Max Kepler plays right, and so Cave can do the cave in thing for the Red Bulls. How about that idea? Judd and I were texting about J.K. I'm going to read you the text thread. That, by the way, yeah. This today is why two nights ago was a bad loss it was for the not. Twins. Because two nights ago, by the way, on the scorecard today, look at the Twins bottom right hand side below the roster. Look at what we added to the. Oh, scorecard they put today. a squirrel on here squirrel. today. 
The running squirrel. The running squirrel. Last, from last night. Right. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I know. Okay. Yeah, you 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 got to win if you're going to do that. But yeah, <laughs> the squirrel, you got to win. Oops. Uh, Ted, uh, this is this is Judd and I last night. Cave. Dot. 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 What the hell are you doing? He's bad. Like a player from your days on the beat a few years ago. Bramer loves him now. <laughs> There's more brain. He made a good play. He made a good play. He made a bad play, a good play, and then a, and then another yeah. bad play. But but this so uh, just to to bring this full circle from a couple days ago, not to sit here like they're going to lose games. Obviously, the, the the best teams in baseball still lose sixty games in a season, and the Twins are one of the best teams in baseball. They're going to lose sixty games over the course of a season. So they're they're going to lose games, and they're not going to just beat the Tigers every game the rest of the year. Uh, even though it would be nice if they did. When you lose that game a couple nights ago and Kyle Gibson throws that pitch to Jose Abreu and you know that you've got Lucas Giolito, who's one of the better pitchers in the American League, strikes out like 12 batters per nine innings and just shoved today. That's why uh, I had a bad taste in my mouth off the get-go. So, all right, it's okay. you got the Tigers coming up. It's still a weak part in the schedule, but now they just lost two of three to start the homestand, and it's kind of annoying. See, but you set the expectation. You set the bar too high for this 13-game stretch. You said anything short of 10 wins is disappointing. It's basically a yeah. failure, which is crazy. I don't care who you're playing to to expect ten wins out of thirteen. Is it possible? Hell yes, against this this these teams, it's possible. But to expect it to say it's that it's it, you've you've fallen short if you didn't win ten of thirteen against anybody, that's crazy. But then we can't say, oh boy, look at the schedule now. It, it's no, but they easy, won five so of it's their not. last seven. So it's in this not. easy part of the schedule, they won five of seven. That's not good enough? That's not going to get it done? Here's why. It doesn't. We saw it again today, and I'll keep going back to it until we get it. The starting pitching just scares you. The start, you, don't get, you don't have a consistent chance right now with any of your starters to feel like, like the White Sox felt today, right? Giolito was Barrios, vice versa, but it's not now. Odorizzi told us, what, three starts ago? Let's all calm down. No problem. I didn't feel very calm watching him pitch today. It made my stomach upset. It made my head hurt. So this all goes back to one very, very simple thing. The starting pitching right now does not consistently, and it really didn't in Texas. Texas played a terrible series. But the starting pitching in Texas also did not give you a consistent chance to feel good. You want to feel good. I'm not saying one through five. That's impossible. Not asking for that. But my top three guys, I want to feel good. And my top guy, I want to feel really good. And right now, I don't feel that good about any of it. I personally don't care how you get it done. They've won five of seven. If they keep winning five of seven, that'll be enough. Okay, but if they mon- keep winning four of seven, that'll be enough. But Monday's loss, they're going to end up around a hundred wins. But Monday's loss is still a bad loss. Although they really lo- don't see it that way. Well, they've lost five. They've won five of seven, but they've also lost two of three, and that won't be enough. They'll lose the division if they lose. Okay, <laughs> larger sample <laughs> size always wins. But let's five of seven. But let's not torture this. Let's take it at face value right now. And as the three of us sit here in this room. Having this conversation, there is no way that any of us can get past the starting pitching. And you can't say, I don't care. Starting pitching is too important. You can't say that. It's got to make you concerned. And it's got to make them concerned. And it's why we all talked about two months ago. Well, go get some. I think we need a reset here because I think it's hard to have this twins conversation without knowing what the expectation is right now. Not what the expectation was before the season. If you go off the expectation before the season, they are wildly exceeding everyone's expectations. And I do think that, I, I think we should have that in the back of our mind that, okay, if they win the division and uh, they win a playoff series, I mean, that's that's pretty 
crazy far beyond what anyone thought they would do six months ago. But based on what we know right now, based on what they did or didn't do at the trade deadline, based on what their roster is now, and let's say Byron Buxton comes back sometime in September, so you at least get Buxton to play center field and to help your pitching staff. What are the room's expectations of the Twins? Because if we don't define what the expectations are, because if we're sitting here and we're saying, well, my expectation is to win the division and then everything else is gravy, yeah, well, then I'm fair. like, my bar is much lower for what I will. My expectation, my, my expectation in June went from, oh, this is a nice team to this could be a really good team. And my expectation in June was World Series. Even if I've dialed that back now, my expectation is win at least a round in the playoffs. And, and consequently, as we have this discussion now, and I don't care if you're playing uh, Cleveland, the Yankees, the White Sox, or heck, this weekend, the Tigers, I can't see that happening now. And that has to be considered a disappointment given where I thought this team why was Why can't at. they beat the Yankees? Why can't they? Yeah, why can't they beat the Yankees because in you'll, the series? Because you will lose 17-14. That July series was instructive. That July series, the July against series Yankees, that could have literally gone either way. Right, but they, they lost two of but three. They will, but the they one. will, they will, they will outslug you enough to beat that. you. They I will outslug you enough. Here's the problem: if you could give me two pitchers who I trusted, I'd say they probably but can. They can't give you two pitchers who they. I trusted. know, but they, but they have as much offense as you do. Or at times when their guys come back, they're going to have more. So my confidence has gone from June saying this is a chance. This team's got a real chance here. This team has is a legitimate team to being. You didn't make the moves. It's biting you now, and the pitching is pretty much collapsing on you. So, you, so just to finish your thought there, the, so before the trade deadline, your expectation was based on what they could do or add. I started and to say win World the World Series, series. Uh, World and, series and right now, what's your ex? What, what is your boy? If they don't cross this line, I'm disappointed. I would still like to believe that they can contend to win a playoff series. I'm losing faith there, and so I'm disappointed in that. So I would say. Going back to the June timeline that, that Judd's on, before the trade deadline, as I started to think about the Madison Bumgarners, Noah Syndergaard, these names that were out there, if they were to even add a Robbie Ray or somebody, just the, the names that were sitting out there, the um, what's his name from the Toronto Blue Jays who inexplicably got traded to the Marcus New York Mets, Marcus Stroman, that getting to the World Series was my expectation. When you combined at Your the time. expectation? In June. I'm, in June. Because you had... And you still have, I by think the way. We've gotten to the root of the problem here. Well, hold on. Let okay. me finish. Let me All finish. Right. Okay. So I had, in my mind, the best power hitting team in Major League Baseball history. This is a team that's going to break the Major League home run record here in a couple weeks. Um, overall, maybe the best offense in the entire league. The best defensive center fielder. I had a lot of interesting pieces in my pitching mix. And I had the opportunity in June, again, in June to trade from one of the top prospect pools in all of baseball to pretty much add whatever I wanted to for this year's team. The Twins drew a line. We don't know how or where they drew that line, but they drew a line, and they added Romo and Dyson. All right. So moving past the trade deadline where we are right now, my expectation is no longer World Series. It's not. If they had added, if they had added an extra playoff rotation starting pitcher or a Noah Syndergaard, who's the best pitcher that you would have, I would still say World Series. Division, definitely an expectation. Win, win the division that you once led by 11 and a half games. And then I would say, if you don't get caught in a series against the Astros, who are just superior across the board, minus home runs, win a playoff series, unless you get the Astros in your division round. So win the division and then beat a non-Astros team in the first 
real round of the playoffs, not the wild card round, but the first real round. That's where I'm at. I would say that would fulfill my expectations for this team right See, now. I think when the wave was riding its high its highest for you guys, you were setting the bar too high. This was never a team that you should have expected a World Series from. I was probably the most optimistic person. Well, you and I both picked them to win the division before the season yep, started, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, when it when it was at its highest, I thought they have a chance to win a World Series. I never thought they should. I never thought they will. I was I never came on these airwaves and said the Twins are going to make it to or win the World Series. I thought they had a shot. I still think they have a shot. So basically my 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 expectations went from division winner who probably won't do much in the playoffs to division winner who has a chance to win a World Series. That that's that's as far as my expectations have shifted with this Twins team. If you ever got to the point where you were expecting World Series, that's why it hurts so much right now. That's why that's why Monday or yeah, that's why Monday was a bad loss. Because you thought they were going to win 10 out of 13 and go to the World Series. That's not why. Monday's a bad loss because Kyle Gibson was Kyle Gibson again. And at some point Should in time, we talk about Kyle nice Gibson expectations. We go through this therapy session. At some with point, Gibson. it'd be nice. <laughs> Listen, it does then, feel like a therapy okay, session. Okay, then. I'm sitting here like then, you're setting your bar too high. Okay. Then here's something else. Oda Rizzi, three starts to go. Don't tell people, calm down, it's going to be fine. And then come out today fine. and pitch like that. But that's that's the problem here. There's a fr- there's a legitimate frustration driven by a lot of things. You didn't get a starter. A lot of teams didn't. That's the excuse. I really don't care. Um, Gibson's pitching against Cleveland, which was absolute nonsense, and started that series on the wrong note, and it was a ridiculous, feeble outing. Gibson's pitching on Monday again. The Abreu thing. That's frustrating. Today, Odorizzi, it's frustrating. You're an all-star, dude. Pitch like it. Give your team a chance. And now you didn't score because Gilito's fantastic. I get all that, and that's great. But come out there and look like you got a clue. Yeah, I think that this is the These thing. These things like, add up to me to be frustrating to watch. Like Odorizzi, um, if you were to say, hey, in a playoff game, he, so he went five and gave up three earned runs. One of the runs was, was unearned today. Weird play, uh, by the way. This is what you're going to get out of Jake Odorizzi in a playoff game. And this is what you can expect. If if he goes beyond five and gives up fewer than three earned runs, that is a lights out start in a playoff series. If you're facing the Yankees or you're facing, so um, I don't look at today as a. I mean, the White Sox aren't a playoff team, obviously, but I don't look at today as like a complete devaluing of what he said last week. Because my expectations of voter, since we're talking expectations, my expectations of voter easier. Lower than all star. Like he was an all star because he got hot in the first half and had a career first half. There's a million stories like that in Major League Baseball history where a guy just goes lights out for three months and becomes, you know, borderline starter of an all star game. But I do think, to circle back to, to Rami's point, I do think it's okay to say this team should be expected to do blank and, and win hold, the division and, and hold them to whatever that blank is. And for you, it's division. For Judd and I, it's playoff series because the last time they won a playoff series, and this is the best offense they've had since then, was 2002. Go win your first playoff series since 2002 with the best offense we've seen in my lifetime watching the Twins. That's what I want. And to make the assumption that that offense is simply going to come back in 2020 and repeat this is a huge assumption. Some years are special. You're right about that. So... You know, I mean, we, we've seen it before in this town with the Twins, Vikings. I can go down the entire list of let's run things back and do it again. And, and that's, guess what? That's why I said they should have capitalized and, and yeah. made a move at the trade deadline. I'm more frustrated that they didn't than you are, but I think. the fact that 
they didn't is in the past, and just looking at this team now, I, they're in my opinion, I think I still think they're going to win the division. Not much has changed about the Minnesota Twins for me as this season has gone along. I thought I was cut the brakes guy. You guys had them penciled in the World Series? They had World Series potential in June if they had made the right moves. I had it more than more than penciled at one point, maybe. I might, wow. have, told, might not have told you guys. Wow. I might have ink. kept that to myself. Put in ink? Yeah, it might have been a pen. Bolt. <laughs> little, uh, one of those dry erasers. A, big, a big pen or what type of pen? Um... No, one of those uh, not like felt those, tip, those little hotel pens, like one. Of the oh, one I like that. Well, I was yeah. driving the brakeless bus. I didn't know that you were like strapped to the front, yeah. playing the flaming guitar like the dude from Mad Max. I had no idea that this was going on. Hey, <laughs> the, the bugs in my teeth. <laughs> white white socks bugs in my teeth. Break, brakes were cut. The expectations rose, man. You can't cut the brakes without expectations rising. Uh, later on, we're gonna get uh, thoughts from from Judd specifically on the Wilds' new general manager. They just announced a hire today, so we'll do that later on in the hour. But Jason Stark from the Athletic and MLB Network joins us every single Wednesday. At four twenty, and we can ask him the same. What what should the expectations be of the Twins? Are we going to ask him about forward? baseball? Because in his Hall of Fame career, I think he just reached its pinnacle. Yes, right. and we have to ask him about that. Yeah, right? he uh, he's done a lot of cool things in his baseball life, but, but what he did and wrote about recently, amazing. We'll talk about it. Man's my idol. Come back yep. once we get done talking about Federated Mutual Insurance Company where uh, they've been helping business owners for over a century. Minnesota's own federated insurance, by the way, down in Owatonna, just uh, about an hour plus out of the Twin Cities. And federated empathizes and is here to help with you business owners out there. I've been a business owner a couple different times in my life. You've got the roller coaster ride of never-ending ups and downs. Sometimes it's problems and sometimes it's exhilaration from those incremental wins. And if you're a business owner... Get to know Federated. Federated, by the way, a huge supporter of local sports teams in town, too. You can see them throughout local arenas and stadiums. Um, so they, uh, if you're listening to us right now, they probably vibe with you pretty well. Federated is available for uh, your own research at federatedinsurance.com. You can go there to find your Federated marketing representative and to find out about the industries that Federated protects. Federated Insurance, it's our business to protect yours. Mackie and Judd with Rami on Score North. Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North and the Score North mobile app. And let's bring him in. He is bright-eyed and bushy-tailed off of, uh, where were you, by the way, on vacation? You said something about beaches, Jason Stark, from The Athletic? <laughs> Beautiful Stone Harbor, New Jersey. Oh. It's good. Very nice. That's a gorgeous spot. Sounds nice. Never been, but it sounds nice, Jason. And I understand that, now, you're a Hall of Fame baseball writer, sir, and we, and we respect everything that you've done in your great career, but I got to believe, based on the article that I just read at The Athletic from Jason Stark, <laughs> that you have reached a pinnacle. Like, you might just want to ride off into the sunset after riding the, the hot dog launcher with the Philly Fanatic. Where does that rank in the ex- baseball experiences of a Jason Stark? Yeah, once you've ridden a hot dog launcher, like, I could have some serious senioritis going the rest of this season, huh? <laughs> oh, uh, you should. I'd be disappointed if you didn't. <laughs> I mean, many people have won the Spink Award. You know, people win Pulitzers. Like, that stuff happens in my business. Nobody rides the hot dog launcher. Exactly. Right? You know, I asked them, all right, how many civilians have ever done this? Meaning, you know, non-players, non-ex-players. And they said, outside of a couple of reporters that were doing stories, you're the first. <laughs> so, how about it, man? I, I, sh- 
I launched hot dogs. I lived to tell about it. I may have broken the stadium just a little, but other than that, it went well. Now, Jason, being the consummate professional and reporter that you are, did you ask the Philly fanatic about the lawsuit and his pending free agency? Do you have a scoop for us there? You know, I should mention that the Philly fanatic does not actually speak. <laughs> he offered a no comment, is what you're saying? <laughs> Shook his uh, head. There are friends of the fanatic that you can speak with, but the, the, the large green bird creature does not actually speak. It's, <laughs> they were not talking lawsuits to anybody in that in that group. It was just not the time. I didn't want to because if there were lawsuits, I didn't want to be involved. Considering the town, now I I know that you wrote there for years, live there, so so you know lots of people. Did you hear any booze though directed your way? It's Philadelphia. I had, I had a big day, man. I I threw out the first pitch and threw a strike. There you go. I rode around the hot dog launcher for two minutes. Yep. I didn't fall off. <laughs> uh, what, what was there to boo about? Yeah, that's it's, a solid day. it's Philadelphia, that's Jason. A solid day. Okay. I've seen him. I've seen him boo people that are perfect. Okay, in the in the in the Mount, the Mount Rushmore of Jason Stark life and professional experiences, we know that that Hall of Fame induction is on the Mount Rushmore. Is hot dog launcher on the Mount Rushmore of Jason Stark life experiences? Oh God, yes. All right. Life experiences? Well, I got to be careful with that, but yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know, that hot dog launcher is not like it, it, it might look like it's some joyride, but there's no seats. There's no seat belts. There's nothing to hang on to except the green furry bird creature. You're basically evil Knievel, is what you're saying, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't leap any hot dog grills or anything, but yeah. Kind of. The Grand Canyon. All right. Good. Got to ask, first pitch, It that looks to be simple, but to me, it looks terrifying. How much do you practice? <laughs> do you start to sweat? Because, I, I mean, there's just, if, if it goes wrong now, it's recorded forever, and it's shown on ESPN, you know, and, and networks. <laughs> so how nervous does that make you to throw out a first pitch? Yeah, I mean, I've done it a bunch of times. I've never done it in Philadelphia, where people know me. So that was a little, that was a little scary. Uh, I did build some arm strength. I did drag my daughter into playing catch on the beach with me a couple times, and uh, I was pretty confident that I could, I could throw a baseball airborne, however many feet they would ask me to throw it. Uh, they did not take me to the top of the mound. I was pretty delighted about that. And the other thing is, my catcher was the big, furry, green bird creature, and like it's just kind of—it's just hard to get nervous when you're throwing the uh, your first pitch to a like a mascot. <laughs> so I wasn't really that nervous, and I delivered a strike. I got asked on the radio in Philadelphia where I'd rank it on a scale of one to ten, and I, I gave it a ten, but I'm still I'm still wondering like what's a—I gave it a nine. I mean, but what's a ten? Like, what would you guys think would be a 10 in on the scale of throwing out a first pitch? I mean, considering your circumstances, I think I think buzzing the mascot up and in, I think buzzing the light tower would be a 10. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Hmm. So the bird, like the bird creature charges the mound on me? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That'd be that, maybe an 11 if that happened. That, that would be entertaining, but that would also be viral video. <laughs> I've never I been sure. To avoid that. I've never been sure what the Philly fanatic is. Are you sure he's a bird creature, Jason? Have you confirmed this? I, you know, it's funny that you say that because uh, when I wrote this column about riding with the riding on the hot dog launcher, mm -hmm. I referred to the fanatic as a bird, 
And my baseball editor, the great Emma Spann, said, I'm going to need a second source on that. <laughs> <laughs> so we did, in fact, confirm this is a bird. We are okay. species neutral all, when it comes to mascots. Right. Right. You know, not all birds, like, chirp and, and fly through the sky. Not, not all birds do that. <laughs> so Jason Stark from The Athletic and from uh, MLB Network, Hall of Fame baseball writer, you have another piece on The Athletic entitled The Robots Are Coming, examining big leaguers' biggest fears about electronic strike zones and robot umpires. And the first line in the story is from Clayton Kershaw, who says about robot umpires, quote, I hate it. I think it's stupid. So what? when you took the temperature of the room among players, I, I guess I would think a, a pitcher would want to know exactly where the strike zone should be, but Clayton Kershaw differs. What was the general temperature that you took? Are you talking about big league pitchers or Atlantic League pitchers? I mean, the fact that Clayton Kershaw hates robot umpires <laughs> is fascinating to me because he's one of the guys that sets the tone, I would and think, Jake in, in Ode- Major League Baseball. Jake Odorizzi is, is, is quoted in the article, too, and he doesn't seem to be a fan of it. All right, well, he, uh, the, three, the three pitchers that I talked to who were big league pitchers were Clayton, Max Scherzer, and Jake. And uh, Clayton's pretty clear where he stands. Um, his his quotes definitely got my attention, and there are others in there about how embarrassing the whole thing would be. Feel free to read re- read the whole piece. Um, Max, I would say, was curious. You know, he, he he like I didn't use a lot of what he said, but like when we talked about the stuff that he thought was going to happen, he said, "You know what? Like that's just part of the whole cat and mouse game, and that will evolve." If the strike zone's different, the cat and mouse game will be different. But he was concerned about something that I would say Jake Odorizzi was concerned about, and that was when you take away humans, right? When humans leave the process, it does change the whole experience, the experience of pitching, the experience of watching, for that matter. Uh, Jake Odorizzi had a, had a great point. You know, you think of the big pitch in a game. It's three and two, right? Just, just let's just say three and two. Maybe, maybe the bases are loaded. There's two outs. The catcher sets up. Maybe he sets off just off the plate, and the pitcher hits the glove. And there's a there's an emotion that goes with that moment. And one of the things that happens in the Atlantic League when you're lo- using the the robots or the computers or whatever it is is. The, the call is not instantaneous. There's a little delay while they wait for the track man to make the call, then for the track man voice to tell the umpire, and then for the umpire to signal. And I, I don't think the pause is, is the right touch for the moment. So that whole human equation is really altered. And so you tell me what you guys think. Well, is, that, is that trouble? Well, do do you sense too that that the players don't like replay then too? Because I mean, there's bang bang plays where where there used to be emotion immediately, and now the skipper comes out and holds his hand up while, while the bench coach or you know. So I, I just think that I think we concern ourselves, Jason, with things that evolve. And five years down the the road, we appreciate the fact that technology gets it right. Does that yes. make sense? Yeah, absolutely right. I think that's clearly happened with replay, and I, I was always a big proponent of replay because I, I'm just a big fan of let's have the right team win every night because the right call was made. 
And the same principle would would apply to my thoughts about electronic strike zone, but there is a difference. You recognize that, right? The, you know, the re- replay is a couple times a game. <laughs> the the electronic strike zone is like three hundred times a game. It's every single pitch. And I, you know, Mitch Atkins, who used to pitch in the big leagues and now pitches in the Atlantic League, he suggested to me that he would love. The you know, the tennis the Hawkeye system, and where you would challenge a few big pitches a night, but we're not doing that. We're either going to have it or we're not going to have it. What's been the the reception in the Atlantic League where it's being tested right now among pitchers and and hitters and, and managers and umpires? Right there, there's a there's a lot of right. culture shock going on. Um, you know, I I I I, I tried to cr- talk to a cross section. Uh, everybody is trying to do their best to get used to it and understand that progress is good and getting the calls right is good. But like pitchers do miss those pitches they used to get, the optical illusion strikes. Uh, and but on the other hand, they're kind of amused by some of the strikes they get now. You know, one of the pitching clo- pitching coach. For the York Revolution, uh, Paul Fletcher, a former big leaguer, uh, he, he told me that like you'll see a pitcher who'll throw some big breaking ball and it'll clip the top of the strike zone up near the shoulders, and he'll they'll get a strike call out of it, and then it, the whole thing turns into like a video game where they're trying to do it again. <laughs> Let's see if I can make that happen yeah, again. Yeah. And so everybody's got to get used to that part. Uh, the, the umpires really miss being yelled at. They 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 definitely miss the art of balls and strikes. Uh, I mean, the, the hitters don't like those those late strike calls, the the top of the zone strike calls. There was a weird incident where a guy stole second and didn't know he did <laughs> because <laughs> they looked low. Everybody thought it was low. Catcher flipped the ball back to the pitcher disgustedly. The runner started toward first place. Whoops! Track man decided that was a strike. Yeah. There was a runner on first base, and he was just kind of jogging towards second. He wound up stealing second. He didn't even know that what he was doing. He thought it was a walk. So that's a problem. Talking with Jason Stark of the Athletic and MLB Network here on the Mackie and Judd with Rami show, as we do every Wednesday. And did we just find out that we've all been wrong all these years, Jason, about the black of the, the plate being part of the strike zone? Is that something that we're learning now with we, the robot umpire takeover? We are. Um you know, there, there's a lot of question about whether this would cost players jobs. And, the, like, the pitchers who would have to worry are, you know, like the Kyle Hendricks kind of guys, the Jamie Moyer kind of guys who throw 87 and live on the edges, and all of a sudden there are no edges. There's no black of the plate. There's just white of the plate. <laughs> and uh, you might put that entire species out of business. <laughs> and I, they would not be in favor of that. I think that's for sure. Hey, Jason, before we get to a trivia real quick here, we just the, the first segment of our show right before you came on, we we, we kind of went around the room and we tried to reset Twins' expectations from this point going forward. Is it is it division? Is it win a playoff series? Is it win a World Series? So as you look at the American League central landscape and, and the American League landscape, what do you think are realistic expectations? What What bar should we hold in front of the Twins' Uh, between now and the end of October. Um, well, I, I, I mean, I think the, the 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 primary bar is 
beat the Indians, win a division that the Indians have dominated for a long time. And I think that actually is going to happen. You know, I, like Fangraphs still has them as a 75% chance to win the division. So that means the Indians are 25%. Their schedule is favorable. I, I, I think they will win the division. Then to line up with the mighty Astros and beat that team in October. Is it fair to expect them to do that? At least they're not playing the Yankees, but is it fair to think they're going to beat the Astros? That team is. Uh, that team might be the best team on paper of them all. Yeah. All right. You got trivia for us this week? You got I do. something up your sleeve? All right. Get it. Cool. We got music for you. Bow. I, I, I still don't think this sounds like game show music to me. <laughs> <laughs> this is like out of a, a Nick at Night sitcom. Yeah, that's, that's, oh, those were the days. Very 70s. Yes. Donna Reed show for you? <laughs> My Three Sons, Jason? <laughs> I can't remember the music. Okay, but, but Nick, Nick at Night. I watched My Three Sons in 50 years. You, you wanna, you, you, <laughs> what do you mean? I love that show. Judd watches it every morning. <laughs> yeah. stuff. Uh, you want to feel old. You watch Nick at Night now, and instead of it being like I Love Lucy and stuff, yeah. it's Friends. Friends and the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah this, is just, this is a bad development. <laughs> uh, let's, let's, let's do the question. Uh, Nolan, Nolan Arenado got me thinking about this one because he's now hit 30 homers or more five years in a row. So here's your question. Since the Harmon Killebrew, Bob Allison era, there have only been four twins who have hit 30 homers two years in a row or more. So four twins who hit 30 two years in a row. You can do this. Dozier is one of them. Brian Dozier. Okay. Yep. Wrap it up. Okay. Um, Judd, I think I stumped you with him enough. Yeah. Yeah, he's, I don't know. It's, it's well, funny, just, the stuff in the last three years is hard to remember, but apparently I can go back to the 92 season. Herbeck? Herbeck <laughs> has to have done it, right? Oh, did Herbeck do those he teams? did not do it. Those that teams? wasn't an official answer. I was just throwing <laughs> that out there to my co-contestants. Oh, really? Yes, yeah, so that was not an those, actual answer. Those twins teams actually didn't hit as many home runs as you would have expected. Like Brunanski? That would be the closest one. Let's go with Bernanski. Puckett? Bernanski? I, I don't know about Puckett. Br- Br- Bernanski. Tom Bernanski. Yeah. All right, we're yeah. two, for, two yeah. for two because Jonathan jumped the gun on the... Yeah. <laughs> Slow down, Jonathan. Jonathan's like... You guys oh, we're not, so we're not counting Herbeck as a wrong answer. No, no, I was just throwing that out to my no, co-host. It, it, he, no, he curled. told you it was wrong. Let's go back to the replay. He curled at the end of the phrase up. It was a question. Need, it was a question. Yep. Okay, hold on. So we now, need how am I more. supposed to recognize when the name you've just mentioned is not an answer? If it curls up at the end, exactly. it's still in question form. If it sounds like it has a question mark at the end of it, Jason, then it is not an answer. <laughs> okay, you just tell me and Jonathan when you need us to get yeah. back to this program. Okay, <laughs> let's, continue, ever do let's continue to uh, to discuss. I was gonna bring that one up. Did Morneau do it in the in like oh five oh six? Let's go with Morneau. All right. You wasn't sure about that. Officially, our official yes. answer yeah, is Morneau. Yes. All right. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, now we're down three. three. Yeah. All right. And now right. we're down to one. Yeah. Or, yeah. He did it three years in a row. Ooh. Oh, wow. The only twins who've ever done that many years in a row are him and Killebrew. Wow. I think he just one do you think, more remaining. Phil, do you think it's since Killebrew since that era? Oh, right. Okay. Phil, yeah. do you think Puckett was right? You know, Puck went Puck went from no power to metro, a lot of power, a lot of power in the metro. All right, Kirby Puckett, Kirby. Mm, oh, nah. Nah. you're in the right era. So Herbeck, uh, Herbeck is wrong, Gaetti. Yeah, 
Guy Eddie? So, oh, Guy. An official oh, answer? Guy Eddie. Because yeah. you wouldn't know Eddie. what that said. <laughs> was it the rat? Who is the rat? <laughs> yeah, the rat. There we All go. Right. Yeah, P- Puckett, Puckett had a 31 and then a 28. Oh, Herbeck had a, had a 30 and a 29. Okay. But Gary Guy Eddie would be the answer. You know what this is? A win for us. <laughs> yeah, we'll take this one. You, 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 Wait, you've decided that you got this right? Yeah, like that years. is correct. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're, not only, we're not only the contestants. I'm apparently not the judge anymore. We're the judges, Jason Stark. So, yes, we just won. Come on, man. I we need two segments a week where I'm the judge. This isn't one of them. Yeah, the, 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 the three hosts will just call them S, A, and T. Right? <laughs> With our number two pencil. Oh, All right, Jason. Thanks, we'll talk Jason. next week, man. See ya. All right, guys. Thanks. All right, Jason Stark from The Athletic and from MLB. The first pitch would scare me so much. Well, judging judging by your basketball athlete challenge. Okay, that's challenge, not fair. That's not fair. Can't shoot a basketball. Can you throw a baseball? I can throw a baseball, but if the pressure's on and I'm doing it on the field, I don't know how I'd do. Throwing a baseball is the thing I have the most confidence in athletically. I think I could throw out a first pitch. Athlete challenge. That's a verbally binding I think right I, there. I would if the Twins gave me the chance. I would after, from the from the rubber, even the St. Paul Saints, from, whatever. From if the, anybody well, the, wants to give the me the chance, yes. If anybody wants the to give me the call chance, us in five minutes to throw out ceremonial first pitch, I am down. Like when you're confident, confident in doing what and getting it and getting airborne. it over, over the strike, over the plate. Okay, but what is throwing a strike? Throwing us over the plate. It might be high, it might be low, but I'm going to get it over the plate on a fly to the catcher. Okay, is you. Is your foot on the rubber? Yes. And you are winding up or from going the from rubber. the stretch? Uh, from I would go straight from the stretch, with no a, wind up. With a catcher in the crotch behind home plate? Yes. Okay. Yes. We'll make this happen for sure with the Saints. All right. Let's make this happen. All right. Ross Brendel, fire it up. Let's do it. Or I could start for, for the Twins, perhaps. <laughs> wow. Derek Falvey comes in. So you're going to be on the rubber? Yeah. <laughs> okay, it goes. You're pitching over him. <laughs> it goes Big Mike, Ronnie, <laughs> Burrios. Oh, that's amazing. You're going to be the opener. We're going to go with an opener, and you're it. <laughs> All right, Judd's going to talk to us about the new wild general manager here shortly. Let's also talk about the new special right now, the new Mackie and Judd with Rami deal available on scorenorth.com, keyword deals. Half price deal valid for a $100 voucher toward exam services provided by Hayden Eye Care. Uh, seeing is believing Hayden Eye Care uh, welcomes patients of all ages to any of seven Walmart vision centers. Their trusted eye doctors provide personalized eye care services to satisfy your family's needs at any age. From pediatrics to geriatrics, depending on your age, lifestyle, and overall health, vision care requirements can change. Eye care services include eye exams for kids and adults, contact lens fitting, vision correction, and management of age-related eye disease. Use this certificate toward any of the services I just mentioned. That's a $100 value for just $50. Go to scorenorth.com, keyword deals. 445 here at Score North. Time for the Score North download. This download brought to you by the Aquaside Chemical Company. Caller went, caller didn't agree with this take by Good Morning Football on who the best receiver in camp has been. Summer Chad Beebe has been maybe the best receiver in Vikings camp. Okay, Beebe. Number 12. He's also the team's punt returner. And oh, he's also the team's holder on kicks. Beebe is doing it all. 
So when we talk about the difference between the Vikings making the leap from last year, 8-7-1, and one, to maybe making the playoffs, maybe going even further this year, we could talk Gary Kubiak. We could talk some new defensive wrinkles. We could talk Garrett Bradbury, the new center. Mm-hmm. Or we could be talking about Chad Beebe. Probably for good reason, because, you know, they've got two all-pro wide receivers and Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen. But let us know who you've been excited about the most in training camp and the preseason so far. Over at Score North, at SKOR North on Twitter. That's been your Score North download. Now back to Mackie and Judd with Rami. I don't know about you guys. Thanks, Jonathan. But Kyle Sloter has been the guy who's excited me the most at Vikings training camp. For sure. Oh, yeah. And I know Matthew Collar agrees completely. I was trying to tell Collar today. I don't know. Like, Zimmer's wrong. You guys are wrong. Everybody's wrong except for Kyle Sloter. (laughs) Apparently, okay, I didn't see this, but Kyle and I were talking before the show. Apparently, Kyle Sloter's dad is like chirping at people on Twitter. Hold on, what's yes. his Twitter handle? <laughs> I don't. I have no idea. He's uh, chirping. Apparently, at, Kyle Sloter's dad is chirping at he, people on Twitter. He, I guess, is chirped. Give at me back my son, Courtney Cronin. He's chirped at Courtney <laughs> Cronin. He's chirped at chirped at Andrew Kramer, and then most recently after Sunday's game, when I believe Matthew declared that you know this was stupid and mm. it, it meant nothing. Uh, he chirped at Matthew. I mean, I feel like it's good intention. You're looking out for your kid. Okay, one time. Your kid's a pro, though, man. You got The kid's got to tell dad, dad, never again. My, uh, Don't ever want to see it. My loving late mother, like 10 years ago, when I was, I think I was at the, yeah. I, I, I was. I was at I was at the fan at the time. It was a different radio station. And um, some other hosts were like, making fun of me or just like, whatever. Like, like you call people out on radio and stuff. Sure. And uh, I think she actually either emailed or, like, called or something. And, like, <laughs> you know, like, my son works really hard, this and that. Oh, and, no. And I, no. Said, and I said, and she told me about it. After the fact, of course. And she said, yeah, I, I, uh, I think it was an email. Like, I sent them an email and just said, like, they shouldn't be doing that to you. You work really hard and you're, you know, um, you, try your, you, you try your best to, like, add value or whatever. And I said, even if you're right. You just destroyed my chances of walking into that building tomorrow. There he is. I found Kyle Sloter's dad. Like I feel like Kyle Sloter's dad, Darryl, even, even if he's but, got a point. But I blame Sloter because like the first time, the first time has to be the last time, right? Like you've got to say, Dad, I love you, but never again. Don't ever do this battle. again. Yeah, Don't yeah. ever. I am a professional athlete. He's at D Sloter. If you want to follow him, is he tweeting people? I just pulled up his account right now. Yeah, and can fo- you find him and followed him? Okay. Um, can, can you go through? Because I think he did. Tough. I think he did tweet at Collar because Collar basically said there's no there's no debate. I see a lot about of the uh, second quarterback. I see a lot of tweets praising his son. Like any article or anything praising Kyle yeah. Soder is definitely retweeted. That's one dynamic in today's media age that that you know ten years ago, twenty years ago that just didn't exist, and that it would be really hard. If your kid, forget about like if if it's just you, if you're an athlete and opening up your own at replies when you have a bad game, like that's one dynamic. But if it's your kid and you have access to social media and you have to, like, I mean, it's your choice to opt into this, but you're going through and you're reading all the criticism about your son or your daughter. I almost feel like you got to get rid of social. But you there's just, gonna, like, what's there's, the upside? There's only going to be more of this. I mean, yeah. pretty soon, if they're not already, a lot of millennials are going to be parents. And we know they're all over social media. You think this is going to stop with them? No, it's only going to get worse. Yeah, you, gonna, get, you got to delete be your a account. Thing. This is going to be a big thing. Watch parents defending their kids on Twitter. But, Professional okay. athletes. <laughs> okay, but guys, this this tie this ties back perfectly to to the topic of a couple days ago with the kid congratulating the other kid who hit the home run off him. 
Like all of that's why this is disturbing. Like real life isn't like that. Somebody beats you out. Okay, that's cool. That's cool. And yeah. if you want to say congrats, but if he hits a home run off you, you don't. And, and then and then with this though, the expectation of any grown up person, basically, right, playing professional sports, that my dad or mom is on Twitter, like trying to fight my battles. That's really, really says a lot about you and not going to your parents and saying, no, you can't do this. I will fight my own battles. And in fact, I'm a pro athlete, so I don't follow this stuff. Well, and like my- I don't read Matthew Collar, Courtney Cronin, Andrew Kramer, Ben Gessling. Take and, your pick. And like, like Rami was saying, so most professional athletes' parents didn't grow up with social media, but most people between the ages of 20 and 40 who are either going to have kids or have young kids, and those kids are going to become professional athletes in 5, 10 years or right. whatever, yeah. are going to be ingrained in social and have maybe thousands of followers and want to talk genre. about their kids. It's going to be a whole genre of Twitter. I'm telling you. <laughs> professional sports parents is going to be a whole genre of Twitter. I'm here for it. I just I found the exchange it. between uh, Collar and uh, Mr. Sloter, though, if you guys want to hear it. Yeah, so Collar had an article up at scorenorth.com, 10 or so players who stood out in Viking Seahawks. I don't know what he said about Kyle Sloter in the article, but Daryl Sloter, Dad Sloter, he tweeted something that has since been deleted. I don't know. Oh, I, just, like, regretted it I don't so know what much. it was, but Collar said, "Stop bothering reporters with this nonsense. You're making Kyle look stupid by doing it. Log off." Daryl Sloter, <laughs> Sloter said, wow. "I disagree. You put out the nonsense, not me. Stats don't lie, and either <laughs> and either does film. It's neither does film. You're just not a fair and balanced reporter." Calling it out like I see it, Kyle responded, I don't care what you think of my work. I'm just telling you that you're embarrassing him with this stuff. Keep it to yourself because your tweets aren't going to change anything. Kyle seems like a great guy. I said today he should make the team, so cut it out. I agree with Matthew in this. Like, But, then here, but here's the worst part. This forced a question to Zimmer about Kyle, and he destroyed Kyle, which leads me to this question. If you are this insufferable parent and you're doing this, there's a chance you've called the Vikings. I love that. Oh, Hold I on a second. So. Wait, 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 wait a so. second. Wait, sorry. Say that again. There is a chance that this clown called the Vikings. <laughs> Reckless speculation. Wait a second. Wait a second. You just, that's a leap. You just, A, you called him a clown. Well, he's like, and, you're and being and a clown. He's being B, unreasonable. You think just put on the table that he's called Rick Spielman. I'm telling you, if you're this overbearing. You don't believe he did? If, yeah, if you're this overbearing. Guys, this, speculation. this is. He's, he's retweeting pro his son yeah. articles and then commenting at reports. Who write negative, slightly negative things about his okay. son? Okay, how old is your son? He's three. All right, all right. Let's say your son has a bad T-ball game in three in three days. Jonathan's and, and not a clown. Tell to him be to clear. get better. And we see a column hey, pop man. up. All right, you see a column pop up on scorenorth.com and uh-huh. it says Zolgad. <laughs> Harrison should be cut from Little League. Kid doesn't even know which base to throw to. <laughs> You're not chirping at Zolgad on Twitter. Nah, I think no. I probably I would be. No, just I wouldn't. In, in fairness. I would be Kyle Sloter's dad on Twitter. No. I would be chirping at the reporters who are who are. I writing understand about it's a business son. and a sport, not professional because it's little league, but the sport. Uh, Zimmer destroyed. Zim destroyed the kid. Like he didn't need to. There was something. Ag- the audio, there right? was something aggravated. Yeah, 
play this. Play this and tell me that there's not an underlying factor here. I don't know that you guys know all of the little details about everything. You just see how he goes and does the game. So uh, he's got to get a lot better in a lot of the other parts of being a quarterback, uh, making the right checks, getting the people in the right formation, making sure the motions there, not not missing the time clock when it's eight yards in front of you. Uh, you know, there's a lot of things that he has to get better at if he wants to be the backup quarterback. Is this chirping at the reporters? Because I would think he knows that some of these reporters have wrote in critical comments about Kyle Sloter, or is this chirping at Kyle Sloter's family? I'm saying the latter. It's not the reporters. Because he has to know. He's seen. He sees the reporters on a daily basis. He has to know that they have written critical stuff about Kyle Slaughter. They're not all positive. No, I think there's a there's a groundswell of discussion that I think there's a lot of people for three years that have kind of been wondering, well, why isn't, look how great Kyle Slaughter is in the preseason. Right. Why is he not getting a shot? Why is it even a discussion that Kyle Slaughter is not just the backup? He's younger and all the, he's, how, how old Sean Mannion now? 20... Have you seen a picture of the guy? Not sure. Yes. <laughs> he looks older. He, he actually is. Yeah, he's like, he, I feel like all journeyman quarterbacks like start to gray five years like earlier Mike than Glennon? the average. <laughs> Mike Glennon with that yeah. huge neck and looks like he's 74. That neck is terrifying. But like, I think, oh. I think you he's know, 27. Sean Manning is 27 okay. going on 52. I thought, he was like, <laughs> I thought he was like 30. But but I think there's a lot of people that, that say, well, why is it even a discussion that Kyle Sloter he should just be the backup. Look how great he is in preseason. And Mike Zimmer probably feels the need to say, those preseason numbers, they're, they're, it's just like a backup. It's like Luke Hughes hitting six home runs in exhibition. Yeah. You throw, if, if it's an actual major league pitcher throwing an actual slider in an 0-2 count, he's not going to lay off of it and he's not going to hit it. And what Mike Zimmer is saying is, it's third string defenses, yep. it's base third string defenses, and if it's an actual defense and he has to be the guy that runs the show, we don't trust it. That's why Sean Mannion is the backup quarterback. So he feels the need to say it, so there must be a groundswell. I should probably not be the one to point this out given my face, but I just I so I, I Googled Sean Mannion, right? And then you mentioned he looks a little older than maybe his age is. And side by side I saw a picture of Sean Mannion, Rams quarterback two years ago, and Sean Mannion, Vikings quarterback now. He's aged like eight years in the matter in a matter of two years. I don't understand how this is even possible. So you're saying the Vikings backup quarterback in in training camp is like the presidency, where yeah, it just ages like you, you age like a president. Really Being the Vikings oh. backup quarterback, you age like a president. Oh no! What happened to his hair? <laughs> no, this is a problem. With I hair. Know, I know. I know. He's got. He's, he's sort of got. He's losing it in this one picture from his Rams days during practice, but it's sort of free-flowing. Yeah. Okay, right? Yeah. And then with the Vikings, it's just gone. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's not just a backup quarterback thing. I'm going to show you guys two pictures right now. Oh, no. Brett Favre in 2008 and Brett Favre in 2010. Okay? Two years apart. All right, here's photo okay. number one. I'm trying to find the right ones. Here. All right. All right, this is, this is Brett Favre. Sorry. This is taking forever. Great radio. I know. <laughs> Here we go. Okay, this is Brett Favre right here. What does his hair look like? This is 2008 Brett Favre. 2007 Brett Favre. Favre's shoulder. Is that the one we're looking at? Yep. That's he has brown hair, like brownish hair. Yeah. yeah. See yeah. that, Judd? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. I remember. Uh-huh. All right. Yeah. I remember those days. Uh, this is Brett Favre in 2010. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. I saw a picture. Skeletor. I saw a picture of, of him. He was visiting Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs a couple of days ago. 
It's uh, I, it's just all gray now. Like, but he's nothing. all ripped now. Like, like his body is reverse aging, and his face and his hair he are starting to work out. Constantly. Are accelerated aging. I don't know what's. I don't know know what's going on there. He got done playing football, and I I was told that basically got bored and constantly worked out, and so he just got completely ripped. You know, like, that's he was amazing. Good play linebacker. What a great and lucky thing to fall into because I feel like when most people get bored, they eat or they like sit on the couch or they do something, and he's active when he's bored. Good for him. Yeah, Stand I think he shape. looks. I think he looks great. He's my age. God bless him. You got the pipes too. Oh yeah, I'm constantly working. <laughs> you got out. the guns, Joe. When's the last time you pumped some iron? Well, pumped it or like Rami said, well, throw, throw big weights. Throw big weights. Last time yeah. you threw some I haven't big thrown weights, big weights in years. You haven't? No. Well, <laughs> I've moved big weight because every day I go to the car <laughs> after the show's done. I'll just throw in big weights this morning. Just this morning, throwing big weights. Yeah. Can we do? There's another athlete challenge. Judd throwing big weights. No, no, Judd does not want to die. No, that's not a good idea. Oh my gosh! All right, Matt Judd, hanging on by thread. Mackie and Judd with Rami. Or we will get we will get those thoughts on oh. the new Wild oh, General yeah. Manager. Forgot about that. We'll do that. We also have in other news on this Wednesday, and we've got some great specials right now throughout the month of August at Luther Brookdale Toyota. It's the National Clearance Event happening on the corner of Six Ninety Four and Brooklyn Boulevard, and that means. All kinds of great deals. For instance, like this 2019 Highlander, 0% financing for 60 months or $2,500 rebate. A brand new 2019 Toyota Tundra, 0% financing 60 months or $3,000 rebate. Or my personal favorite, the car that I drive right now, a 2019 RAV4 four-wheel drive for $219 a month. That's just uh, $26.99 down. If you want to get into one of the most popular vehicles in the world right now, that 2019 RAV4 with all the new technology and safety features. You can also lease a 2020 Corolla at Luther Brookdale Toyota for just $189 a month, $19.99 down. Go into the showroom area, say hi to my friends, Paula and everybody else, and ask about a test drive. They will take care of you like they've been taking care of my family and I for 30-plus years. 694 Brooklyn Boulevard, Luther Brookdale Toyota.